and welcome back to another Awaken Intent podcast. Um, we're back again after a week off, and uh, it's been nice to have some time to reflect since the last podcast. Uh, and today we have a guest on as well, which we're going to introduce uh, a woman named Kelly. Uh, hello, Kelly. Are you, are you there? I'm here. Hi. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Thank you. I'm doing really good. I'm very happy to be here with you guys. Awesome. So um, I think we're just going to do it like the last podcast when we had a guest where uh, I know you have some questions for Chris. So I'm just going to let you ask away and I'm going to be in the background. And if I feel like I want to jump in on something, I'll jump in. But uh, unless Chris have anything more to add, then I just think we can you can start asking your questions and see where it takes us. Sure. Well, before we do that, I, I'd like for Kelly to maybe just give a brief introduction so uh, everybody can connect with her a little bit. Good. Yeah. Sounds good. <clears throat> so my name is Kelly Love. I am Australian. I am 38 years old. Well, actually, I'm not 38. I turn 38 next week. 37. And I currently live in California, Nevada City. <sighs> I, I feel like something appropriate to say here is that I feel like I have been blessed in this life with quite a lot of suffering. And I say that I've been blessed because it's, it's given me a unique viewpoint and it's given me a a fairly high capacity to, to explore this life and to move through things in this life in a uh, fairly graceful way. Mm. Um, yeah. So a lot of my questions that I have formulated for today kind of are relative to that and um, okay. really to like navigating the just the common difficulties between men and women. Um, but from, from this level of being able to move through quite a great deal in myself and therefore being able to support people through a lot of things because I've experienced and seen so much in myself. So therefore I have quite a high capacity to see things in people that maybe they're unaware of. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Um, yeah. So I feel like that's really all I want to share about myself at the moment and just get into the questions, really. All right, <laughs> let's do it. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so I've just kind of put them in point form. Um, hmm. I'm just going to just drop into myself for a little second here. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Thanks for your patience. <clears throat> sure. So I guess really there's one main 
challenge that I'm experiencing in life. It was really interesting because when I first really felt the call to come and interview on this podcast, I didn't really feel like I had many questions um, because I'm really in such a trust with life and I see how it's unfolding so beautifully. And I had to really kind of go a bit deeper than that. Um, And there definitely are some questions when I dug a bit deeper. And I guess the biggest thing is really just understanding how to best navigate the unconscious in men um, in a way that doesn't depolarize. And, um, you know, I hear you say in other podcasts to never tell a man what to do. And I really feel the truth of that in so many ways. And I guess it also depends on what level of, connection I'm having with a man you know because there's men that come to me for different levels of coaching and support um and in those I I try to structure things way into like invitations for their exploration rather than ever telling them what to do mm-hmm. but you know because I have a capacity to see a lot of things in people that they're just completely unaware of and within intimate situations, you know, I've, I've discovered that it's just part of the medicine that I bring is that I have, I help people to see their blind spots and I've learned to wield that with a lot more gentleness and a lot more grace and a lot more patience. But often it is me like in a way compromising myself and it is me like distorting my own naturalness And, you know, I'm Australian, so Australians are typically quite blunt and (laughs) to the point. (laughs) And I've had to do a lot of work around um, just softening that massively. Yes. Um, Yeah, so I just want to know, like, what, yeah, I just am constantly finding myself in situations where it's just so blindingly obvious what what a man is doing that's that's literally causing me pain in in various different ways or even if it's just causing him pain Mm -hmm. and I'd like some suggestions around how to best communicate these things in a way that doesn't depolarize so the, the first part of this is within your communication because you're not wanting to depolarize it's it's deeply important that you communicate from the feminine mm-hmm. that place in yourself, whatever that means. So maybe that means just communicating directly from your heart and for your, from your longing, mm. from the fact that the way you're being here with me right now, this is how it makes me feel. Show mm-hmm. him, you know, mm-hmm. give him your tears, give him your expression, let your body uh, not perform for him, but allowing your body to really, Uh, fully embody and express externally what his being is and how it's affecting you right now. Yeah. But staying in the feminine as you're doing that, because as long as you're staying in that place in yourself and you're staying connected to it, you won't really be telling him, you'll just be showing him reality. And I also totally, totally acknowledge the fact that 
for a woman to be of guidance to a man, it's an art form. Right. It's such an exquisite art form that right. she needs to have the balance of not compromising her own femininity and not going into that directive mode where she loses herself and now he becomes the child and she becomes the mother. And so I totally recognize that. And I almost sympathize with with women because <sighs> it's an art form. Mm-hmm. It's something that has to be so delicately and astutely mm-hmm. approached. But when we can make sure, or when you can make sure that you're approaching this from the realness of your body, this will keep the mirroring uh, the deepest form of guidance that you can bring to him. Mm-hmm. Now, you can't make a man see. Right. So he's going to have to be willing and wanting to see. So if you're showing him this reflection and he either does not see it or chooses not to want to see it, then you may as well move on because that, right. that man is just not available for this at this moment in his life. Mm-hmm. So really right. focusing on the men who are who are actively seeking and, and looking for this reflection so he can really do something with it. Mm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's through your lusciousness that that will have him transform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've really been practicing. Um, I've been practicing like in an intimate moment. If there's something that's not like that, I'm experiencing that a man is doing that's not fully connecting or not fully to my preference like surrendering even more to the moment and viewing the moment as perfect instead of thinking, oh, I need something more or want something more or this is not blah, blah, blah. Like really surrendering to the moment as perfect, you know, as long as it's not obviously like really not in alignment. Mm -hmm. And what I've been witnessing is that immediately as soon as I do that, it, it becomes better. It becomes more in alignment with that extra surrender, yes. with that extra lusciousness. Because that's what's that's what's transforming everything. Mm-hmm. That's what's so powerful about what you can bring forward in that way. Yeah. And men are intimidated by this. This is the other part of it. Most men don't really know how to be around this because it yeah. starts to push them even more into their feminine. Mm-hmm. And they, they panic. Yeah. And I was literally told that by a new lover that I'm connecting with at the moment two days ago, how intimidating I am. <laughs> well then he should definitely spend a lot more time with you because because you're a gift to him mm, yeah i know that he can see that yeah and it's interesting because literally just this morning we had um you know just over an hour ago um when we were getting up and just i can feel that there's something really strong that's triggered inside of him and and that then has a, had a chain reaction on me. And I just trust that, you know, me still actually feeling the vibrations of that means, you know, that it's ab- absolutely perfect for this interview right now. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still feeling it in my solar plexus, his uncomfortability in himself. And what I was really looking at in myself is like, what, what is the fear that I'm feeling right now? It's not a fear of his rejection. It's not a fear of, of anything like that. It's, it's really honestly, like, I really feel that the women that we're doing pretty good in a certain way, you know, like we've, we've had the sisterhood together for a while now. 
which is paramount to healing. And I really feel just so much empathy for the brotherhood and for the masculine. And it's just such a, a massive and important um, thing for me to want to give energy to, to, to heal on this planet. I feel like it's one of the themes I came to explore in this lifetime is to, is to assist in the healing of that. Mm. And, and I realized that I'm like afraid of, of making it worse, of triggering a man's insecurities. And so that there, it, it makes it harder because it's very, as you said, it's so delicate and, I just feel how delicate it is and and that art form of like how do I bring all of this um, and so there is a lot of fear there that's that's the thing that I was feeling the most is the fear of making it worse and so but what yeah. what that's speaking to is your lack of trust in him that's true this mm -hmm. is what's going on in your solar plexus right it's not so much of what he's doing you're you don't feel safe Right. within his reaction, within his right. response, how he's embodying himself when this storm comes up equals unsafe to your beingness. Right. So your solar plexus starts to tighten because you can feel the weakness behind it. Yeah, I can feel it relaxing even just hearing that. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So mm -hmm. what I would say is, yes, it's a gentle process, but you need to trigger him because how else is he going to know it's there and also yeah. how else is he going to have any other opportunity to work through it women are and i don't mean this in all cases but women who genuinely mean well and they're loving and they're compassionate and they just don't want to upset their partner and they don't want to make someone who they care for feel bad what often happens is now she shuts her mouth, she compromises herself on what she needs and what she wants, and she tiptoes around him because he doesn't even have himself emotionally. So now he becomes like this crystal glass that couldn't drop and smash at any moment. And this shuts your womanhood down. Yeah. Because you don't get to go to all the different corners of your own internal planetary system that are available to you because you got to worry about him. Yeah. So trigger him and mirror him and make it worse. <laughs> <laughs> make it worse so he can figure out how to ground himself back down into these situations. If you mean well and you are of love and you have beautiful intentions for him. Yeah. Go as much and go as far with it as you want to. Okay, I'll give that a go. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't expect it to be easy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay when things are not easy. That's okay. And all that <sighs> tightness in you, all that contraction and the bracing that happens, allow that become orgasmic for you in those mm. moments. Mm. So as he's going through his stuff and you're feeling all this tightness coming over you, surrender to it, fall uh, back into it, and let him deal with himself while you go into your experience of you. So when he mm. does happen to open his eye, when he's no longer in the corner holding himself, crying, he's like, oh, look at her over there being a woman, mm. <laughs> enjoying herself and being in her experience. She's not uh, trying to take care of me, but she's loving and supporting me. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. Mm. I don't know if you guys can hear this jackhammer sound. No, not at all. Great. I'm going to close the door just to uh, just to be sure it doesn't come through. Okay. So yeah, I hope that made sense to your physicality. Really, it very much did. Yeah, I can see it and feel it. And it was actually exactly what I did the other day. Um, yeah. Great. Um, yeah. Um, there's, there's no need to tiptoe because he has mm-hmm. people who tiptoe around him all his life and they support him mm-hmm. in being weaker and weaker and weaker. If you love mm-hmm. the man, show the man a representation of what a woman moves like. Mm. So he can figure out how to be there with that and for that. Because it's going to have to force him to learn how to have that for himself first. Mm. Awesome. So this is another similar question, but um, in a different um, circumstance. And I'm just curious to hear what you say in reflection to it. Mm -hmm. Um, So, for example, like when in an intimate situation... Um, and a woman is feeling that her partner isn't fully with her. Like, for example, he's disconnected from himself in, in his head, not being sensitive enough, isn't listening to the seemingly obvious non-verbal cues that a woman is given, mm-hmm. giving in that moment. Like, I feel like I'm screaming at him with my body. What is a productive way in that kind of moment to express this? Because Where I feel like now? I'm giving all the verbal cues, um, a non-verbal cues. Mm-hmm. Um, like just say I am desiring something in that moment, like either more gentle or, for example, more intense, and he's not feeling those non-verbal cues. Because I, f- I feel like whenever I communicate, often when I communicate within intimacy, uh, that is very depolarizing. So would you suggest like maybe like not within the intimate situation or like how, what is a good way that a woman can go about this specific example? Because I know that a lot of sisters experience this as well. If a person's eyes are shut, it doesn't matter how loudly you wave at them. They're never going to mm-hmm. see you. Mm-hmm. So it's a kind of a tricky situation that you've posed because you said that you're screaming as loud as you can with your body. Right. But he's not reading that. He's, he's not recognizing or seeing or hearing that. So from that moment, what else do you have that you can do other than going to your verbals? Mm. What would be more efficient is before lovemaking, just in your general life with him, sitting down and having this communication with him and communicating Mm. what's going on for you in these intimate moments and how you don't want to have to verbalize this. You want to feel him be so present with you that he feels when you shift or when your body reaches for something in a different way. So the, the calling is really calling him to be more present with you. Now, if you've reached the maximum of your nonverbal communication and he's still not getting the obvious, you kind of need to clip him around the ear a little bit and say, where are you gone? Yeah. Be here. Be in the room with me or don't be here with me. Yeah. 
because you also don't need to be sacrificing what you need for this situation. And my bigger question is, do you usually attract these types of men? Um, I feel like I have attracted a mixture of men. Mm -hmm. Um, There definitely has been a thread of this for sure, Um, but it hasn't been as common recently. Um, Okay. Why why would you want to be intimate with a man who can't feel you or recognize you or see you? Why would you go to the extent of being intimate with them in this way? Well, it's because it's not always like that. It's like it's seemingly very on and off and um, it can be really, really amazing. Mm -hmm. And then there's something that can happen and it it switches to a completely different experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, it's really super, super new, like, like a week kind of thing. So I'm definitely very much in the inquiry of like, what, what is, what, what is in this for both of us? What is for the highest right now? Uh Um, So when he's being with you in a very beautiful, very connected way, let him know this as much Mm -hmm. as you can. So then when it's very quiet, he's saying, hey, what's happening? Mm -hmm. Why is she not responding to me the way that she was responding to me yesterday? Right. And hopefully he'll start to do his own self-inquiry work into that. And he'll be more aware of that. But even the simple invitation of sweetheart when you come to me and when you want to be intimate with me only come to me when you're willing to be fully present with me Mm. otherwise don't and you can say that lovingly as just Mm. a loving request yeah yeah so he gets to check in with himself before he approaches you Mm -hmm. okay um I'm wondering, I don't know if it's super appropriate to talk about it on here because I don't know if all the listeners will know about it, but um, what do you think? Um, I wanted to know if you know much about the attachment theory. Um, Okay, so there's like a very classic like um, where somebody who has an anxious attachment um, style, um, it basically means that they, when they feel um, unsafety, they want more connection mm-hmm. and then an avoidant attachment when they feel unsafety, they want less connection. Mm-hmm. Basically that's a massive simplification. Yes. Um, yeah, but it's like, you know, there's, it's just, it's, it's so, um, much of a prevalent dynamic. Um, and, I feel like a lot of it um, is in actually just being able to hold myself because I feel like I'm, I have a fairly secure attachment now, but in extreme circumstances I can move towards anxious attachment. And um, I guess I'm just wanting to get advice around how people can feel more secure when they're when they're really desiring more with somebody and that person is in their own personal triggers and and sort of moving away 
So this usually is coming from a pattern of running away from oneself in order to not have to feel the reality of what's actually moving through the body and what's attempting to clean and cleanse itself. So very simply and very practically, it's a person's willingness to really stay with the physical felt sense experience without labeling it as anything, including Mm -hmm. as an anxious attachment or without giving it any analytical support and allowing it just to be as primal as possible Mm. and almost leaving it be a dance. Now, when I say that, it sounds easy. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very, very different situation because what often starts to happen, starts to happen, is these very high-frequency feelings that start to come up out of us will mimic the response to death, to being in a situation where the feeling is so intense that one assumes that if they allow this energy to move and come up, that they're risking their life, Mm. that there's this dangerousness that is unparalleled to anything else. So it's that trigger of panic, the resistance, the bracing, and then the disconnect from oneself. And trying to get away as far as we can. So I always like to keep it as simple as I possibly can in in communicating these things. And it's always going to come down to the capacity that we're willing to die to. Hmm. The frequency we're willing to die to. The intensity we're willing to die to in that moment by throwing the arms out and falling back into ourselves and allowing whatever comes up out of this to be done unto us. But surrendering to the feeling. We're afraid of feeling. That's, that's all this is. We just yeah. don't like to feel things that we can't control. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's actually the thing that I appreciate the most about what you share and the way that you share it. Because I can, when I hear you speak, I get such a transmission and I can feel that you're only sharing such a small portion of, of what you've actually experienced and what you actually know. And I just deeply appreciate how you just simplify everything just to the most, most simple and you bring it back to the body. Mm -hmm. And it, it feels to me like a missing piece because I've been exploring with certain different teachers and guides, like really high levels of consciousness for many years. And this is just like a bomb. The things that you share are just like a bomb to me, just to bring those levels of consciousness just into simplicity and into the body. I really, really, really appreciate that. So thank you so much. Thank you for that reflection. I appreciate it. Mm. But we have to keep it simple because everything is simple. Exactly. Everything is. It's we, When we get caught up in the glitteriness of the complicated, that's when we become useless to our own process. Totally. Yeah, yeah I always feel like if, it's, if it doesn't seem simple, I haven't got to the core truth of it yet. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So my next question, um, I re- like five months ago, I um, transitioned out of a long-term relationship that was so beautiful. And um, 
I guess I'm kind of confused about what I'm actually desiring now, or maybe I'm investigating what it is that I desire and what I'd like to manifest and why. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being a woman, I have an innate desire to dive super deep with one man where I can feel really met and there's just super yep. potent alignment on so many levels. It's like understandable. Mm-hmm. But I can definitely see more and more the absolute truth in how whenever as a woman or anyone we ha- try to have someone to ourselves, it completely squashes the dynamism and the polarity. You know, mm-hmm. We can never own anyone. It's just absolutely just impossible anyway. So it's not about a desire to own someone, but for me it's about the level of depth that I can go with one person, mm-hmm. which I know you've spoken to before. But I guess I'm having trouble kind of marrying this understanding of, you know, that that as soon as I have the man, I, he's actually no longer the man that I most potently desire anyway. Mm-hmm. Having trouble marrying that with this innate desire of of wanting that level of depth. And I guess it's more from the point of having trouble envisaging, like imagining how this can look, particularly when you start to bring the themes of that family and children into the picture. Mm. Um, and I just wonder like if you could, if you have like some visions of like what that could look like. I'm if somewhat, it, it does, um, but I'm somewhat cautious about speaking about kind of my visions of what it could look okay. like because I would never want it to right. interrupt another person's figuring it out process. Right. Um, I, so being, being honest, I don't have any vision of that. Mm. I'm not looking to have a vision of that. I'm not concerned with having a vision of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm concerned with following my life force and allowing that start to create the space and the dynamic of of allowing there to be as much love as possible present as right. present in that in that space with either that individual or a number of individuals right. with one child or with a number of children mm-hmm. uh, to me it's always about community and and love so how much love can be present here in an unconditional way exactly now if i want it to be unconditional and smooth then i must have that capacity within myself first around all my own childishness around relating around Mm -hmm. possession around uh, being triggered and making comparisons and all these other things that can start to muddy the waters when it Mm -hmm. comes to attempting to be in unconditional love Uh, i never want to put a contract on anybody i never want to tell someone Mm -hmm. or request from someone that promise me you'll be here tomorrow because even if they said yes, I couldn't trust them because they could never make that decision accurately. Mm. We're, we're not the people in charge of our lives. Yeah, our mind doesn't get to create all of this. We're being led, we're being directed. So, um, and I, I totally understand where your question uh, or how your question is coming up and I appreciate it. Mm. But me speaking to my vision of that, I don't see that right. any benefit. Well, maybe anyone. do you have any suggestions for how women can navigate that better, you know? Like in, ah, yeah, I guess in just 
how do we hold ourselves better because it's delicate it's delicate that opening of especially if you're actually faced with a man that has the capacity the unfortunately rare capacity to actually be able to be solid in himself and open uh, be a presence that I can open to you know and then you're, you're you're navigating very delicate territory you know and like what suggestions do you have for a woman to really like have herself? Because I hear you say in another one, and this is sort of another question about always being self-sufficient, always having yourself. And that's like just my life motto really. But then you were talking about as a man, like give me all of your problems, mm. you know? And so how do we, how do we marry those two things? What suggestions do you have for women well, to you, you, navigate you, that? You don't marry them, you balance them. Yes, that's you, kind of you, what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's never going to be one way. If it's all one way, you're disempowered. Right. If it's all the other way, you're also disempowered. Right. So you, you mm-hmm. really want to be able to balance Both. the two parts of you, mm-hmm. balancing the ability for you to totally disintegrate and dissolve and open and fall back and be penetrated and to absolutely utterly rely <laughs> on <laughs> it's funny because it's just so obvious now <laughs> it's like oh yeah duh. <laughs> yeah so maybe i don't need to answer the question because <laughs> it yeah. What yeah it feels really good in my body <laughs> thank you <sighs> so yeah um, you, you get that mm-hmm. but for everybody listening yeah hasn't right landed it's having that moment of absolute surrender to something that you have met the security in to do that where you don't even have to consider yourself for a second because his whole presence there equals you being considered you don't even have to fill that space because that's what he's there to do he's here to see you everywhere and then balancing that, all that deliciousness and all that stuff that fills you up and ignites you and softens you and brings you all that life force. And then being able to apply that in a, in a responsible way to your life when he's not there. Mm. Mm. So you also stay balanced in your masculine and you can start to take that energy and also uh, move it towards having a bit more structure and being able to ground yourself somewhat. But knowing that whenever you need to fall back for a moment, that you got a good man on the sideline who's, you know, who's ready to be tagged in. Mm-hmm. For me, that's how I see myself in my own life. If if there's any woman in my life who I'm in a relating with or who I love deeply, I'm not there to do anything other than to see her, to love her, to support her, and then to watch her be beautiful doing her life. So for women, I would encourage you to find a balance. If you can't find it all in one man, then find it in two or three. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, this man opens my body up in ways I've never experienced. And over here, there's this other man who totally uh, feeds me in a different way mm. and gives me another quality that that other man can't. Right. I don't see anything wrong with that. I see maturity no. in that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting how it, it just feels like it, what you were saying about it's not up to us. We're being guided. We're being moved through all of this and it. For me, I feel like we're all going through different things and we're all here to explore different things. But for me, it really feels like life is moving me more and more towards 
just complete unconditionality. It's the only thing that makes any sense. And, and that often it seems like that is not necessarily just with one person. And, yeah, it's just so interesting moving into this without, like, it's almost like a surprise. It's like, oh, okay, this is, this is what I'm moving into now. This is what feels like makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the depth that you can go within your intimacy with one man or two different men or a number of men, it's always going to be coming down to the level of individual trust that you have in them. Right. If, if you trust him, you can go as deep and as intimate as you want, even right. if it's in an open relating situation. Totally. Totally. It's trust. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, thank you. Of course. <clears throat> so um, I wanted to discuss a little bit about um, you posted on your blog, your blog post recently about your one-on-one sessions with women and the shift that's happened there. And, and hmm. firstly, I just want to just acknowledge and and honestly just like say how sorry I am you know that that this is what you're experiencing when I when I read that honestly I cried and just feeling like um just how genuine you are in that space and um, for the listeners who don't know, understand what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the one-on-one energy healing sessions that Chris um, has recently decided uh, is no longer in alignment. Um, in person. In person. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Only in person. Um, yeah. Okay. Because I was told that it was also the online ones as well. Well, I've, I took a break from it. and I got it. I've just very recently returned to doing the sessions again online and through distance. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I just, I just felt so much um, compassion, you know, because what it's taken for you to explore and clear and heal in yourself to actually be able to offer that and how deeply it is needed and, and for you to have to actually like stop doing that because of, just imbalances. I just felt a long about that. I felt a lot about that. And, um, Mm. I really, so there's two questions that I have around those sessions. Um, well, Mm. firstly, I definitely really, really deeply believe that we have everything we need inside ourselves and we can heal absolutely every single thing within ourselves. You know, there's definitely more and less direct paths and I feel and I know that like working with somebody that has like your capacity will obviously be massively expedited. Um, But I guess I'm wondering if you feel it's appropriate if there are any, because I've been just since I've heard uh, you saying that women's um we hold our feminine energy in our upper body and in your explanation that it's like it's opening that up so i've just been opening that up within myself more and more and exploring within like my own self-healing sessions Mm. opening that up and realizing wow it's massively blocked there i didn't even realize for somebody who feels so much love and thinks she feels so much joy and bliss and like there's there's just so many more layers to it and yes what it seems to me like you are doing 
I don't know, but it seems like you're holding this, this masculine presence and almost like this masculine channel. Um, and so in myself, I've been opening like to an imaginative, like masculine channel moving through me to op- crack this open within my upper body. Um, and I guess I'm just wondering if you feel there's anything appropriate to share that women can actually explore this within themselves. Um, and if you feel like sharing anything that about what you are doing within those sessions that, that brings about this healing. Sure. So the first part of your question, and I, I want to go back a little bit and just re-clarify something that you, that you said. Um, you alluded to the fact that I often will say that a woman's feminine energy resides in her upper body. Now, that is not uh, my words. I've never actually said it in that way because okay. I, don't, I don't mean it that way specifically because it's all feminine. Right. Yeah, femininity actually comes up through the soles of the feet, comes up and starts to move mm-hmm. the pelvis. And this, mm-hmm. this ricocheting of energy internally starts to happen. But the arousal, the deepest form of female arousal, comes from the heart, comes from the okay. breast, it comes from the chest, it comes from mm-hmm. the throat. It comes from a woman's willingness to really deeply express herself and her sounds and her movement and just all of her vivaciousness when she's feeling anything, whether it's sexual or whether it's emotional because someone has just passed away or it's just the allowance of what is. Mm. That is that is it in the deepest sense. But in terms of that switch, it's most definitely the chest, the heart, the breast, the nipples and the throat. Uh, but this energy starts to flood down through the body and up through the body, and it starts to take on the motion of a wave. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wanted to clarify that, just so Thank you. Uh, people That's don't helpful. get a bit confused. Yeah. So anything that women can do, um, there's many <laughs> things. <laughs> so on her own, um, which may be better for most women, depending on the men that they relate with currently, Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So one of the most powerful things that I see for women is dancing. Yeah. Uh, Ecstatic dance, interpretative dance, allowing the emotion to to be expressed through the movement of the body, through the movement of the breath, through the sound, just through full being expression. And when dancing, dancing to the point where you feel like you're done dancing and wait a little bit longer. Because it's in that moment where the energy flips and now it starts to take over. Mm, okay. Because for many women, it takes a matter of time uh, for surrendering to occur. And it actually will occur once a lot of that backed up energy has first been moved. Mm. Self-pleasuring is also very, very beneficial. Uh, very important for a woman to be deeply in tune with her body, with her sex, and with, again, whatever feelings and expressions want to come up out of her. So you're absolutely unchained in that expression. As you're being with yourself, being very sensitive, being gentle. A lot of women learn how to be with their bodies via men who don't know how to be with women's bodies. Right. So she becomes quite forceful and quite disconnected and quite mechanical in how she approaches herself. 
Right. So really taking the moment or the, the opportunity and the time to switch that relating so you can start to actually almost pet yourself, you know, get really soft with yourself, start to tune into your subtleties, to your sensitivities, and just how potent your body is at reaching for more. Because we rarely give the woman the opportunity to reach for anything anymore, mm. which is so important to her nature to her arousal, having mm. that ability to come up and reach for something that is almost on her, but it hasn't touched her yet. But she feels its presence. Mm. Yeah, and just me speaking to that starts to move it in you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it. So, Definitely. <laughs> so men almost, uh, through just our lack of guidance and through our own lack of, of having role models through this process and intelligent males to learn from yeah we never get to experience the beautifulness and the potency that can come up from this right type of relating right so for the women just starting to retrain yourself and it's basically as simple as that just retraining yourself in mm. what love making and what sex is actually about for you right so we start to move it away from just the friction based uh -huh. uh, formality because then it can get much, much deeper. But it also gets a hell of a lot more real. Right. And within that, the next question is, is she willing to feel what starts to right. swell up in her? Because it may not be what she has linked to sex before. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so that's the, that's the theme park <laughs> that mm. you can explore. Mm. Um, yeah, so in terms of... Uh, in terms of work no no go do you feel like sharing anything about what you're actually doing within those sessions I'm really not doing a whole lot mm -hmm. because it's it's all energy and energy is simple all I'm doing is bringing who I am as a male right just into the room and right. then it just mm -hmm. happens because of, yeah, yeah. It's, no because yeah. That's, that's what polarity is. Right. Uh, but mm. a man allowing himself to be a man and who's also balanced in his femininity <sighs> and sensitivity is yeah. deeply potent to a woman. And a woman, yeah. <laughs> as you're feeling right now. Yeah. <laughs> and a woman who is also highly embodied and highly in tune with this part of herself, she is deeply empowering and, and nourishing mm. to a man. So it's not just mm. men to women. This is, totally. this is from both sides. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in the mm. sessions, I'm just being with her. I'm, what I've discovered through the work that I've done over these years with women, because I was a little baby when I went in, you know, I knew some things, but I didn't really know the reality <laughs> of what was going on for women and, yeah. and what the feminine really was needing. How could you? <laughs> exactly. Um, because most women can't even verbalize right. because it runs right. so deep. The, the trauma mm. is, is so mm. generational. Um, <clears throat> And what I started to realize, the most simple aspect is that most women have never actually felt a man loving them. Yeah. Just, just loving them to love them. Not yeah. trying to get something, not trying to prove something. Just to be loving, but also staying in his fierceness mm. as he's doing that. So he's not feminizing himself. 
Yeah. To try to love her. He's loving her the way a man is here to love her. Mm-hmm. And this is what brings about healing. Love is the healing. That's the medicine. Not me. I'm not really doing much. I've just showed up in my own life for myself. And this is why I tell everybody to stop compromising. Mm-hmm. Because you're stealing you from you, but you're also stealing <sighs> you. You're stealing you from everyone else you ever come right. with. Right. Oh, so good. So this next question kind of runs from that, and I'm not sure if it's going to be like too much for the podcast, but we'll see. Never. <laughs> Never. Um, okay, so my girlfriends and I, we talk about intimacy a lot and we share pretty deeply about our journeys and experiences around self-pleasure, self-healing and our experiences with ourselves and others. And something that I really have noticed that, so many, all of my sisters have experienced to varying degrees is that we all experience layers of um, numbness, of pain, of disassociation within our yoni, within our vagina. Yes. Um, And again, you know, I know that we have the capacity to completely heal ourselves. And so I've been doing exactly what you're talking about, you know, within self-pleasure or I sometimes I like to call it self-cultivation because it's definitely not always pleasurable. Mm-hmm. And so like if you close your eyes and you touch your left hand, you can, you have this spatial awareness of where that is in relation to your body. And I've been really noticing that certain areas of my yoni where there's disassociation and when I'm like really just delicately touching those areas, it's almost like, if I feel spatially where that is, it's completely out of my body, almost like a meter above me. Mm -hmm. And so I've just been really being super present with myself and almost like, almost like pulling myself back into myself. That's the only thing that has been coming to me to do with that. And it, I feel like it's really working. Um, really working to kind of like it's like connecting these jigsaw puzzle pieces of myself that are floating around outside of myself from disassociation because of just so much pain in the past Mm. and that's like really really helping and yeah I guess just I just want I, I guess I'm looking for you to talk to um women's capacity to to heal themselves um from physical pain from disassociation within the body oh it's absolutely unlimited yeah in its in its capacity um the reason that i speak a lot about the polarity part of it is because in many instances so much of her trauma is linked to men and the masculine right so actually having a good man present can expedite that release process and that healing right. process to really be confronted with the one thing that you've had so much mishandling around and, and dysfunction around. Mm. Um, but no, the capacity for all of us, men and women, to, to be deeply loving, because that's really what healing is 
for me and in my own experience. It's learning to be so patient with our own bodies, with the specific areas of our bodies, with the parts of us that have shut down, that have stopped vibrating. Are we willing to show up and sit still with it long enough in order to just let it come back home? Because mm. mm. we don't really have to do right. anything. Most of that numbness is because things have been pushed out due to bracing, due to right. fear, due to tension. Right. But women's capacity to heal is, I mean, that's, that's so much of what you yeah. Right. And the healing through love, through transforming everything with unconditionality is there in a way where for us as men, you know, we don't really work that way in the way that you guys do. So you can bring a whole lot more of that in a far more transformative way. Whereas us for men, we, we work a little bit differently within that. We bring a different type of love. Yeah, we, we turn the lights on for the party, but you're the party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. The reason there's no party right now is because nobody's turning the lights on. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Feeling that in my body right now, for sure. <laughs> ah, okay. Um, where are we at right now? It doesn't matter. <laughs> and just be in your body right now. You know, feel what you're feeling. And, mm. and enjoy the process of it. Mm. Ah, thank you, sweetheart. You're so welcome. Mm. And thank you for being vulnerable and mm. for being receptive to some guy off the internet. I guess I would like to ask if you are, if you can feel anything specific in my system that you have any guidance for. Longing, 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 longing. I feel you standing on the cusp and standing on the edge of wanting to go so deep that you can oh, throw God. the life raft away. And I feel your excitement around that. Like I to feel- allow the longing fully? Well, I, I, I feel, no, I just feel that that's the place you're in. It's almost like yeah. you're, you're waiting, you're craving, you're, come on, someone. Oh, my God. Show up so I can fall back. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, all of that. Yeah. Um, and that was actually one of my other questions was about that, um, mm-hmm. which is about longing and... Um, can sometimes be unrequited desire and just to know like how what do I do with that like how to channel that like just let the desire be the fullness and I think I think for me it's in when I get really subtle and really look like the longing there's only pain when there's any like any fear around the potential of not getting to experience that. And I know like it's, it's, it's inevitable. It's inevitable. Mm -hmm. And when, when I like allow the trust of that, 
um, then that longing is like, it's exciting. And it's like, because I can feel it really soon. I can feel the, I can feel the, at least more so, the satisfaction of this longing coming mm. really soon. And it's only when I have fear around it not happening that it, it, it there's this contraction around this unrequited desire. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so even like in the situation that I've currently been exploring recently, you know, I can feel when my mind like goes into an old story of like, oh, it's still you're not able to experience what you want. And I just catch it and just like, hey, this is just this moment. You're that what, you know, it, it's completely available to me. Yes. Everything I desire is completely available to me. And just like feeling myself with that knowing and like softening into that. And, um, allowing yeah. the longing. Allowing the longing to make love to you. Oh. <sighs> Let that be your partner. <laughs> yeah. Feels like it's bursting out my heart. Oh. <laughs> uh, there's this really false belief that, like, the longing is too powerful and too painful to experience, which is just so false. It is, it's totally the fulfillment. And, you know, I notice that I, I contract the longing and don't even let myself go into it because, oh, no, what if you open up to it and then it's not there? Mm -hmm. um, you'll you'll you know. magnetize it mm. when you open it because you're naturally magnetic as a woman. Mm -hmm. So when you open that longing, know that's what you're embodying. And it's not a longing from a place of neediness. It's a longing from a place of... Just wanting to be filled by something exquisite. Mm. Yeah. So you can get the dirt under your nails. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So being loud about it. Stop mm. hiding it. Because you hide it because you're worried about how he's gonna take it. Also. Mm-hmm. 
because I don't want to trigger his insecurities of not being able to meet me in that place. So then you're his mother. Yeah. Trigger his insecurities so he can figure out how to stand there with you. Right. And if he's not, move on. Find somebody else. Right. Keep it simple. Yeah. God, that feels so freeing. Yes. Life is freeing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it all. Well, I certainly don't have anything else to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, maybe this is a good time to, to call Jesper back in. Yeah, I've been feeling him dropping in and out of my awareness. <laughs> Hello, I've been on sound off. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, that was really beautiful. I'm, I got very emotional myself at times mm-hmm. and sometimes I dropped out. Now, oh, and didn't expect that. So thank you for sharing your, everything, both of you. Hmm. I feel like we can take a breather, right? Yeah. I mean, do you want to bring it to a close? Or, mm. Kelly, do you have anything else that you want to bring up? Or do you just want to stay in your experience? I kind of just want to stay in my experience. I think that's best. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for, for being here. Mm. Yeah. My pleasure. <laughs> Mm. Uh, Jesper, do you, I know sometimes you note some things you want to go into after, so. I mean, I wrote some things down, um, but I, I, I honestly felt kind of overwhelmed as well. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I need to, you brought up a lot of my emotions too, just, just hearing you guys talk. Um, so I, I think I'm, I kind of need to sit with that for a bit. Um, okay. So sorry. So I think we're gonna have to end it. <laughs> <laughs> so Jesper is unable to fulfill his role right now. <laughs> oh, no. I can end it. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be Jesper right now. Thank you, everybody, for coming on the podcast this week. My name is Jesper. And if anybody else would like to come on and you know, in the future would like to, to, you know, bring questions and just bring an experience and whatever this is, um, we're totally open to that. So you can email Chris at awakenedintent.com and Tanya will put you in contact with Jesper. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Thank mm. you to both of you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesper. Thanks for sharing. Thank you, Tanya, and thank you so much, Chris. You're very welcome.